This time on TNT. Buds, how good is the bear? Can you listen to music and do something else at the same time? And guess what? I'm an Airbnb super host. That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hey, bud. We're trying to figure out which <laughs> Annie Lennox song out. is the doobie doobie dop 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 one. Yeah. Because that you, we're right because we're getting it confused with why. We don't think we're, it's why. It's not why. Dooby dooby doop doop doop. <laughs> ah. Dooby dooby doop doop doop. Uh, ah. it was it no 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 more I love yous. I think you're right. Is that's the dooby dooby doop doop doop? Yeah. Yeah, so let's imagine let's a mashup make... between that and <laughs> That's actually a great that, mashup. That would be really good. I'd like to hear that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no more I love you. <laughs> no more I love you's was the single off of Medusa. So that's Dooby Dooby Dip? And that was the one where the guy came up to you and was like trying to talk to you, but you were listening to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I was on my bike. He's like, he's like Jonathan Torrance? And I had to take out an earphone and say, what's that? What? Oh no, it wasn't Jonathan Torrance, it was Hey J Rock. <laughs> Oh, it was... <laughs> and I take it on my earphone, playing hey, the Jay least Rock. hard song ever. What's that? Hey, J-Rock. Hey, J-Rock. <laughs> That's such a high... I can't do that. I can't pierces. do that note. Right away, that first... <laughs> I can't get up there. <laughs> she, 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 she just sneakily starts from an impossible note just to cast... 95% of the population out of singing along. And she has oh, a built-in fader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know how you get up there. I feel like she's probably underrated in the big picture. Annie Lennox, for sure. Well, she's she'll probably a monster have singer. A resurgence in some regard, not unlike... Uh, Kate Bush, right? Like just those songs, so many classic songs with Eurythmics and then her own solo career that you could see turning up in some show or movie in 10 years from time, time from now, and then being a big blaster. So talk me through uh, Kate Bush. I know running up that road and running up that hill, and I know... Um... Uh, I know how it uh, re enjoyed a resurgence. And I also know that she sang Don't Give Up with Peter Gabriel. What else do yeah. I need to know for the cocktail party circuit on Kate Bush? Well, just a great artist and all like uh, a lot of really amazing records and songs. Are know, there other songs career. that I that I know, but maybe don't realize it's her? Probably, yeah. Uh, uh I wouldn't say like hit songs, but uh, maybe I don't know Cl the cloud busting song. Remember the video where she's running, not running up, the up hill, that road. She's uh, it's, I don't know, it's building, building 
some kind of I can't remember, I just remember a video of her creating something or something. But this was a single. Cloud busting. Yeah. <clears throat> they were cloud busting up there. I don't know it. Uh, maybe Hounds of Love, maybe? I don't know. Probably not. It was like slightly more, I guess you would say, college and more alternative than mainstream pop radio and that regard but she huh. was huge yeah um i'm watching the bear have we talked about the bear yeah i told you it's i love that show i, I uh i talked about the, that show on the first season a couple years ago maybe whenever so like everything yeah. i'm i'm late to the bear and slow to get there but it's i feel it, like though. he used my ipod to program <laughs> the music <laughs> It's great. Yeah, it's great music. The first episode of season two is a seven and a half minute Bruce Hornsby song. I know, right? That's pretty cool. And they and go, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen season two yet. Oh, dude. I've only seen season one, yeah. Season one was kind of a slow burn, and I, yeah. I was into it, it, but season two just ratcheted up everything. The tension, the characters, you really yeah. kind of feel like you get to know everybody, and more importantly, why they are the way they are. The yeah, guy who plays great, Richie, the cousin. Yeah, great actors. Boats. Amazing actors and great uh, great performances uh, across the board. Yeah, and that um, it, it uh, as we've discussed before, it takes confidence to keep it simple, but they'll stay yeah. on one shot for a five-minute mm. monologue of uh, Jeremy Allen White. And mm -hmm. man, can that guy act. Yeah, see, I'm I'm holding I'm I'm pulling the trigger on like three different. I got the Prime going. I got the freaking Netflix and a couple other things. So I'm like, at this point, it's like forty bucks or whatever a month. Oh, stupid! On, so I'm holding off on Disney because that's the only thing I, I would watch on on Disney. So you don't have Disney right now? Not right now. So I might. I'm like because the. There's a, too many other ones ripping, but yeah. I'll watch it. I'll get it. We're ripping them all. I, I we watched you're ripping um, everything on Disney. <laughs> That's the other thing, I, cut, I cut Rogers right. Like we got finally, there was a new company came in here with like fiber optic cables. They they put in the infrastructure, and I was just waiting until they were on, and I so I could split from Rogers because it's just so overpriced the cable. So, so went, did you my, cut the cord or you have a new cable provider? This new company called Telemax, and they're a Canadian, but they, uh, they're they I guess you can only have it if it's the infrastructure has been put into your neighborhood and they have they ah. have here. So anyway, it's like it's like half the price of, of Rogers. but and the internet is like 10 times faster. The Rogers internet was dropping out like crazy all the time because all the kids are online and ripping the Fortnite or whatever right like there's all kinds of everybody's online on a phone or on a laptop uh so it ends up being uh just crushing everything where this is fine it's ever since it's been in it's been banging we had so to, yeah I'm, i gotta get on the disney tip though to watch that show we had to uh um switch internet providers again uh no. but we downsized our uh bell cable thing so mm -hmm. 
we didn't cut the cord because I still want to watch some things as they happen live, it's mostly sporting events. Sports, yeah. But we downsized our package, so we don't get CNN anymore. We don't get like the few channels that we actually did watch sort of on the rag. I just can't bring myself to cut the cord. I don't know what it is. Yeah, the same thing here. Like the new system, it's like it's only 50 bucks. But it has all the sports and, yeah, no CNN or whatever, but it's got local news and CTV news or whatever. Like, uh, so it's not like it's mostly just that, but it's, you know, instead of 260 bucks or whatever the hell it was before, outrageousness, it's only 50. How often do you masks like sit around and watch something on television as a family? Uh, mostly later at night, right? But Not is it a streaming thing, or do you ever like let's turn yeah. on CBS because that award show is on? Mostly movies or streaming things. Have you seen that Fall of the House of Usher show? That's pretty out there. No. That's pretty vi- That's some violence, like craziness. Is that something you can like, watch seems- as a family? No, just yeah, not strictly adult. But, uh, like, I've noticed ever since it seems like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, like, every show has to be, like, up a notch in terms of the escalation of violence and, like, main characters just all of a sudden dying, you know? Like, you think someone's going to be on the show forever because they're a great actor or whatever, and then they're gone right away. Hmm. That they do that more in, in modern television shows. Like, that's a, an acceptable thing now where... I guess it just has to be so uh, ridiculous that you kill off number one, two on pe- the call sheet. Well, well people, ha- well, you want people to watch it. You can't just make normal TV shows anymore. It has to be either incredibly acted or this the 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 writing has to be weird or different. Like I remember, didn't they try like a sh- some sh- series on Netflix that had different multiple endings and it like failed miserably. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you could watch it. You could watch any of these, and it's just different every time. It's like, yeah, but people aren't ready for that kind of out of control television. But people really like uh, the twists, you know, like the out, like the non realistic twists that are just kind of inherent in modern television. Well, I'm out there on the front lines pitching shows, and there are always buzz phrases. There's like sometimes, uh, used to be Uh, irreverent or edgy or words that you're like, sorry, what does that mean? Because it's so subjective and it means different things to different people. That, that snake oil show, that's, that you, that's your idea. Yeah. Like 15 years ago. You have to think about like a a product that's not real. It's like, there it is on TV. I had that idea 15 years ago and I've pitched it a whole bunch and everybody's (laughs) like, oh, that's great. But do you know, this is a classic example. My idea was, as you know, real focus groups testing plausible but fake products. Um, So the No More Tears Onion Buddy, it's a clear plastic bag that goes over your head with a Velcro tie for your neck. And it's a social experiment. Who in the room is going to stand up and say, I'm not putting a bag over my head for 20 bucks and a six-inch Subway sandwich. But inevitably, when you take it somewhere, people are like, oh, that's good. Maybe... Some of the products should be real and some of them should be fake. So it's a game show, which is... Yeah, so that, that's the show. But it's kind of hats on hats. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's enough of a show. Again, you need to be 
confident to keep something simple. It's enough of a show to watch real people test fake products. It doesn't need yeah. a, some of the testers are real, some of them are actors, some of the products are real, some of them are fake, some of them happen in the testing facility, some of them happen out in the world. Um, people at home have to guess which ones are real and which are fake. It, you're just taking yeah. a very simple idea and making it complicated. Well, and on that snake oil show, it's just like putting celebrities with contestants, like the classic, you know, whatever, the Dick Clark shows where it have a guy sitting there. So you have that, oh, I recognize that person. Right. And that's how they've been selling t uh, game shows for the last 10, 20 years now. Right. And it's sort of punked meets uh, tested because it has yeah. the celebrity element. Exactly. So... TV's um, wacky crazy these days. It is wacky crazy these days. And we, we've wrapped up a bunch of shows recently, um, including the another reason we have Disney is we are watching Doogie Kamealoha, which is... That's kids shows? Well, kids show? Modern day Doogie Hauser. It's sort of a family oh. show, but she is a young doctor in Hawaii. And every episode, remember the, the original Doogie? It would end with him like kind of doing a diary entry. Like, you know, oh, the thing about right. being a yeah. doctor is I learned that, you know, maybe my heart needs to be uh, taken care of sometimes. There was always some like, oh, that's oh. right, too, sort of revelation <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Because um, he's a thoughtful young boy. Thoughtful young boy. And the opening titles of this Doogie Kame Aloha show, <laughs> it, it's newspaper clippings like Child Genius, 10-year-old completes high school in three weeks. Oh, yeah. Like the backstory oh, yeah. of this the child headlines, genius. That was the beginning of the show, right? It was, yeah. yeah, it was like two or three headlines to give the synopsis. So this one is, uh, she's 17, and she's going to her 10-year high school reunion. No way. Yeah. Also oh notice that, um, I think, Stephen Botchko, remember that name? Yeah. He was Wasn't the producer of the original one. And the producer of this Jump one is Street? like Casey Bochco, his kid. Is that the 21 Jump Street mask? Oh, that mask did every show in the <laughs> 80s. Like, I, does he have that, like, that hair that points into the middle? I That's actually all. don't know. <laughs> like, kind of Dracula hair a bit? American television writer. You ready for <laughs> his uh, resume? Yeah. Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law. Doogie sure. Hauser, Cop yeah, Rock, and NYPD yeah. Blue. Cop Rock. Cop Rock, arguably the biggest misfire in television history. Well, they figured Miami Vice, right? Would Like it was <laughs> taking it up a notch? Yeah, like they're... sexy singing cops. <laughs> it's just, no. That, that was just the popularity, plop popularity of Miami Vice. Right? Just because they were just thinking, well, this, people will watch this. I guess. I guess, but people decide pretty quickly. Like, I, I feel like week two really tells the story. No, I know. That's why those things are... That Cop Rock didn't last a full season even, probably. Got yanked. It's like uh, TJ Hooker styles. Remember William Shatner? Why, did it get yanked? I think so. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Wasn't Heather Locklear on TJ Hooker? Yeah. Yeah, see? Like, he somehow wrestled himself into the show thinking that, he, you know, William Shatner with the rug on is believably going to be chasing guys on the streets, right? <laughs> <laughs> is Here's the question. 
Was TV better then, or are we just nostalgic for that time in our lives? I don't. Yeah, it depends. Cause so, like it was so formulated too that like there, you know, there was that element where it's like all those sitcoms and everything had such a, you know, click in formula at that point from the seventies to the to the eighties that like there it was just awful in in some regard. But you also had like the best writing and creative people working on those shows as well. So you had like, you know, a little bit of both. So when it was really great, it was fantastic. And when it was bad, it was really bad. And yet, some would argue that this is the golden age of television. Not well, in a traditional sense, but like the writing yeah. has never been better than it is right now. Well, if you look at music, it's like any period, there's always going to be great music and artists in, involved creating no matter what time period you go it's just uh what the mainstream is might be completely different in, in terms of that but yeah there's always going to be great movies there's always going to be great television shows but it's just i think it's harder and harder to create those like individualistic like a director's kind of vision now than it's ever been just to ha to be able to have your own uh decision making it's probably the biggest difference right you have to so many people have to have th their mark on the project you know what i mean like everyone has to be involved to the point of watering stuff down i saw a clip now. with martin scorsese the other day where he was talking about this very thing and yeah. how um the golden age of american cinema is over because yeah. they used to kind of let him do what he wanted well, they respected it, right? Like, now you got some 20-year-old who's like, no, I'm important. I'm a tastemaker. I gotta, you gotta do this and this in, in the movie. And you somehow have to listen to that person nowadays, right? Whereas before, they could tell them to stick it. Like, no, get lost. You're not talk, talk, talking to me, and nobody's talking to me. And now they call that a troublemaker, right? Like, they can't work with them anymore. You can't yeah, work right. with that type of person because they won't allow input so i can't imagine somebody who's like a scorsese or any uh well even like christopher nolan like that's the way he works for sure right he has to have his way or no way so they are there is that still happening but um i i guess like unless you can create your own opportunities like nolan can because he has the backing to produce basically whatever he wants um it, it's got to be so hard to try and find your way would you guys get notes on like further on in your career when you're already established and popular do you still get notes from a record label uh no that it's more about like um playing songs for people and seeing their reaction and everybody you know executives and record companies are always looking for hit songs and that's all they care about so if they don't hear it then they the note would be well keep writing or we don't hear anything yet wow so there's no like uh yeah this or this is the one let's go and we're, we're happy or there's two singles that they like uh, I remember periods of like thinking we were finished a record, but we were not. <laughs> you 
Because, you know what I mean? Like, no, we, we need a song still. Because they're like, and the, they're, and we the, don't hear and the, a single? And the long, yeah, and the longer you last, especially if you're with the same record company, for us it was Donnie Einer in Columbia, and uh, that was a, an absolute example of like, if if they're not feeling it, then they can't, they can't say, well, you know, let's just go and push the button because the button costs all the promotion and the market. Like it, ha- it starts, and unless they feel confident with a hit, then they can't do that. So they have to, um, you know, you either. I remember once going into a studio again or writing again and thinking you were finished and writing more and, uh, you know, eventually you get there, but sometimes you, you get there and it's not, you kind of, this, the, the, it's acceptable, but it's not a hit that they were thinking. So I'd, I'd say the last few records with Columbia, the last couple, it felt like that, where it was kind of like you're limping to the finish and you just don't have the, the uh, confidence of mm. the label the same way that you did in you know 1998 or 1997 when the everybody was going to be pushing it down the throats of of radio programmers oh wow you could feel when it, the temperature had shifted well they put that out there right this like this focus all your stuff on this and you you know no matter how popular popular you are with a with the company it's a, a, a label like columbia every week there's two or three huge things coming out so if your record comes out and there's not an impact and three or four weeks goes by it starts to really go down the important scale if it's not doing anything compared to something else that is because they're literally throwing stuff against the wall and whatever sticks that's when they start pushing it you know if you catch fire yeah well they're a major record company so that's literally what they're trying to do because when it does catch fire you have like a fuji's or where it sells you know 30 million records as opposed to like oh it slipped through the cracks and didn't get the push that we thought Needed. So did people ever say to you guys, like, just write another Navid, will you? Sure, absolutely. Well, not, the, like, go not back to necessarily that, well, that, but def- definitely. But who wouldn't want another Star Seed or, you know what I mean? Like, the songs are like, of course you want, you would, you know, love that. And we've, we definitely tried to recapture those feels and feelings and those types of things. And when it's not, when it's like, you think it's something like it and it's not, it's like terrible because it's like a copy of something that you think it is therefore how can it be important at all if it doesn't come from uh, at least a spark of like i like this idea mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're trying to recreate something it's just unless it's amazing and you oh wow you catch fire and it might you know it's similar or at least has the same energy and it's fresh in a sense because that's First and foremost, what was uh, interesting about any hit song that any band ever has, especially with us, was it was it sounded kind of different, you know. And when people already hear that, it's really hard to to create it again. So it like it's always better to be different every time than to try and recreate something else. Well, that's and some people some people a- are really good at doing both, you know. And that's, that's the why thing they about, have 
pitching a TV careers. show is the network executive will, will say, I mean, we'd consider like another Shit's Creek or we'd look at a White Lotus. Um, obviously, something like The Bear we would consider. Like you're just listing shows that were hits. But someone yeah. had to take a flyer on The Bear because on the page, you, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of close-ups of onions frying in the pan and Chicago trains. Like it doesn't it doesn't leap off the page, but the performances are great and it's uh, that buzzword specificity again. Yeah, well, I think that with those those are slow burners, right? Like the, anything like that that that's more Steely Dan than you know Jump by Van Halen. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like. You're not gonna listen to that unless you want your accepted. You're accepting slower builds and longer shots. Like some people don't even wouldn't watch it twice because they're not getting that the speed the of jolt. But yeah, and that 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 show almost does that as a thing, right? Like you know, after a while, it's like there's there. It's everything is kind of extended and. Like that one scene when he's in in his in the the AA meeting, like that. That's probably one of the longest single shots I've seen in television in years. Yeah, it's awesome. Where it's literally like fifteen twenty minutes without an edit. So yeah, it's cool. Takes balls. Does take some balls. But it just but goes yeah, back that's... to make the thing that you want to make. Yeah, and I think that with that show, they're like, well, look what's going on here. This guy's a great actor. It's a great story. It's very impactful, you know, like it's the fact his brother killed himself, you know, like the, the, um, it's not a typical um, major television show uh, script, you know what I mean? Like it's actually kind of, um, there's stuff... There's a stigma generally with those kind of storylines, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's a it's groundbreaking in that regard too. Like it's it's not a comfortable you know thing to be talking about. No, and you wonder for him as an actor, like how many takes of that emotionally could he do? Because he's so yeah raw and vulnerable. He's and just they, incredible. And, and and they nail that thing of when somebody takes their own life close to you it sticks with you in a way where it's almost like you start, it starts becoming part of you, whether it be the thoughts or um, the act or whatever else. Like it's, it really um, nails the, the relationship of suicide in families. So when you see a storyline that is uh, something similar to something you've experienced in real life, do you find that comforting or do you find that takes you right back there or, well, I, I, you you appreciate it. Like I think that's probably why I like that show so much. You know, because I can feel some of the feelings that it, that are created in it, and uh, and I think it's important to have shows like that that are really actually real. You know, for sure. The um, the way they uh, represent Mikey, his brother, who's no longer with us, is um, yeah. beautiful because he shows up when you least expect him and shows up in yeah. ways uh as a result of little seeds he planted before he left um and it's it's really nice his mm-hmm. his presence is very much felt throughout even though yeah. he's not physically around 
certainly yeah. see him in flashbacks and stuff. But man, there's mm-hmm. there's a, a holiday episode in um, there are a couple of episodes in season two. A holiday episode that Jamie Lee Curtis is in. Mm-hmm. Um, the tension if you grew up in a house that you know people tend to operate at a high frequency. It's mm-hmm. so hard to watch because you've experienced that before. And then, uh, won't give anything away, but suffice to say, Richie goes on a bit of a journey in an episode called Forks that was mm-hmm. just beautiful and subtle and real. And it, it's very deft storytelling. Right on. Hey, before we take a break, I uh, yeah. wanted to mention uh, I have some friends from PEI. Uh, Jenna McMillan's the producer. Jeremy Larder is the director. And they have a movie that's out in theaters called Who's Your Father? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to see it tonight, and I'm actually moderating a Q&A panel afterwards with the actors nice. Chris Locke and Susan Kent and Stephen Lund. And I know how hard it is to make something, as you do too, but to get a movie in the theaters in this country at this time yeah. is a huge yeah. accomplishment. So if you get the chance and Who's Your Father is in a theater near you, go see it, will you? Yeah, that's some hardcore classic Canadianity right here. Big time. Let's take a break, bud. I'm going to tell you something, bud. What? Um, The girls performed the national anthem at the Truro Bearcats game on Saturday night. (laughs) That's awesome. How? Um, Like acapella? Well, Suge played her acoustic guitar. Oh, um, nice. but we had to because uh, they didn't have a DI, so we had to mic the guitar and then Indy sang. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I think at the root of it, they did it because their grandfather is a season ticket holder, and he would have gotten a real kick out of that, which he did. Yeah. Um, but uh, Indy is a great singer. I, I I don't know if she loves singing publicly, but she's a great singer, and Shug's just uh, great at chugging along and keeping time. But <laughs> yeah. they rehearsed it a whole bunch before we went, and I realize I I'm kind of went Earl Woods on um, <laughs> all the things that could go wrong and having a plan for everything and not getting distracted and what yeah. do you do if this happens? What do you do if that happens? Partially because you realize the added layer these days of half a dozen people they go to school with are probably taking videos of it. And if for some reason it went sideways, then that lives on forever. And some kids can be mean and like, sure. So I'm sure the the parent part of it is really intense. Yeah. So I, I, I know they're um, competent and confident and I knew it was going to be great, but I also realize how much I've picked up just by osmosis over the years. Like, Suge, what happens if you lose your pick? You should have another one somewhere mm. you can grab it quickly. Or if True. your mic cuts out, what do you do? Um, so it went really well, and I was super proud. But it was really cute to see the two of them standing out there on the ice singing the anthem <laughs> while Dubai's were getting all fired up. Um, oh, and yeah. it was It was uh, broadcast on uh, a streaming uh, thing uh, like hockey.ca or some platform like that. And I don't cool, know if they'll man. ever do it again, but it, it's a cool thing to cross off the list of um, things you've done before. I think they'll do plenty more of that. If, you know, they well, seem to enjoy it. It was interesting because they were calm and ready mm. to go, ran it a couple times in the car on the way there. And then, as you know, 
you get there and someone's like, okay, careful you don't trip on the carpet. Okay, when I when the lights come up, I'm gonna the refs come out and I'm gonna put the carpet on. And you guys walk to the end, but make sure you walk all the way to the end. And then as soon as you're done, get off because we need to get the carpet off the thing. Like all the noise surrounding it yeah. is something that can really flip you out at the last minute that you're not even thinking about. Oh yeah, um, or just just your your like if they could see you in your face, like if it's like smiling or not all scared like, you yeah. know what i mean that, that that alone can just take everything off the rails well remember like <laughs> writing an exam at school and there were always the stress generators who were like did you study i was up all night at study oh, i can't i can't yes get like you're around yeah. those people and it is infectious yeah, for sure you don't want to do that yeah so and so all the great. people that were like are you nervous you feeling nervous you guys must be nervous are you don't be nervous <laughs> yeah you like, like, well, hadn't even thought of <laughs> About being nervous until you said the word nervous seven times yeah. in the last five seconds no i know so well i've seen like they're doing great like you've done videos for the shop like yeah uh, right carol's shop you guys they've done a few songs and yeah, they look so comfortable where they're just like yeah this is cool we're this is what we're doing we're you know playing some and music uh, and colorful clothing yeah and not to mention just that they're kind of like that's it's a thing in a sense when they're both playing like it's kind of like a band starting you know um yeah 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 it's it's neat i like as you do um uh indy will pick up the bass and sort of noodle on that for a bit and then sugar will try the keys for a little bit and sugar has been playing a bit of drums and indy's been mm -hmm. playing ukulele like i love the sloan approach yeah. to instrumentation and just filling the house with music it's the best yeah like even annalise like she's been playing more drums and she's you know obviously she, she plays piano already but she's been talking about like i want to I, I wish i was in a band i think i want to be in a band <laughs> you know like the idea of like playing with other people and so like that's that's a thing that the kids dig you know she's like well i hope i hope you know i hope my band is is kind of the music we make is cool not like bad <laughs> Aww. you know what i mean like she loves music so much she was doing a looking at like her analytics of you know like whatever music platform she's listening to and uh she started listening to weezer in april like early april and she listens to music all day like on, has headphones and that's kind of she she's it's so you're allowed to listen to music in, in class generally so uh she does listen to music all day so she's listened to uh weezer and she likes all kinds of different bands but weezer's her favorite band by far hmm. and it's she's been listening to weezer for a total of 19 days since holy cow a april <laughs> but That's i guess serious fandom if if you're listening to music for, I would say, six to eight hours a day, and it's headphones are good and solid, they, they're not like it's not loud, so she's not doing any damage. They're comfortable, but uh, yeah, she loves it. She just can't get enough. So you, you gotta let it rip. I find myself sounding more and more like my mom every day because I can hear <laughs> some of the things that come out of my mouth. And I'm like. I know exactly where that's coming from. But my mom used to tell me, because she'll go be doing homework. She's sitting on the chair. One leg's kind of over the top. She's kind of jotting things down. She has her earphones in, listening to music. And I can hear my mom saying, 
If you're going to study, put your feet flat on the floor, have a lamp, sit at your desk. Like you need to tell your body, okay, now we're doing something serious. Because if you're sort of slovenly, your work will mm. reflect that. True. That's um, good. Uh... But but for, for me personally, I can't concentrate on more than one thing at once. I can't work with music on. Lots of people mm. can. I know lots of people that yeah. did and do. Could you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. Like, I can listen. Like, I like music because you can either listen to it or not listen to it. You know? Like, I can focus on it and get a different connection to it. Or I can just have it on and it's fine as well. Like, you, you kind of turn the focus on and off. I can't. Like, sometimes, sometimes I'll notice, like, I'll be trying to do something... Or I'll be trying to list like because I'm you know I learn songs all the time like whether it covers or different stuff that I'm trying to learn or you know growing up that's all you do as a drummer is you learn you listen to a song and then you learn it and you so you just you get used to I'm listening to this song to hear the structure so I can remember it and play it but um, sometimes if I'm listening to music. And I'm like trying to listen to it to to get the uh, the arrangement proper. I'll be I'll be in normal life where I'll think of something that happens around me, and I'm like, God, it's gone! Like I forgot how long the chorus is the second time, or you know, when does the bridge kick in, or how many bars is it till that guitar solo, or whatever, you know? Like it, it's it's you have to focus on one or the other because then music can it's either music. It, has its thing or it just like becomes background so when you so, listen to a song do you listen to the drums specifically it, uh not the like if i'm listening to the arrange first i'll listen to the drums for the pattern but i'll then i'll listen to the song for the arrangement you know just to hear it and then if i need to hear other instruments i'll listen to them specific to what if you know just Sometimes it's easier to remember parts by listening to the guitar or the bass or uh, knowing the vocals and knowing the lyrics sometimes even to remember mm. arrangements. Like, that's just purely that. But if I'm listening to, to music for fun, um, it can be anything. I can get into the bass. I can get into the, the guitar performance or, you know or the whole band jamming together. Like, I, I like to focus on that sometimes. Like, is everybody locked, right? There's all kind of ways to enjoy music and you either get into individually to the, to the instruments themselves. Uh, sometimes it's you start thinking of what the producer or the engineer do that. Like, so you start thinking of the mix, right? Like, how where is stuff sitting? Hmm uh what's going on like why is that tambourine so loud or you can't even hear the shaker so it can add to the groove of the hi-hat like all, all different stuff like that that yeah <laughs> with music you know for do sure do you have any annoyances that every time you hear a song you're like oh why did they do that oh From yeah a production standpoint sure. definitely yeah yes there's a, a luke yeah. combs song um uh, you got the That's best bad, of me, I think it's called. Bad it, production you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> if you and hear he, of like a inherent flaws. He talks about uh, like beating on his old six string. Mm-hmm. And there's an electric guitar riff, like a wee Louis. And every time I hear it, I'm like, that should have been an acoustic 
riff because he's just mentioned beating on his old six string that his grandpa yeah. gave him or whatever and then there's a luke bryan song where he talks about it's called play it again and it's about it's a very simple country music song where you're with this girl and the song comes on and it's her favorite song and she's been waiting for it to come on and so the rest of the night he's like man praying for that song to come back on and uh, in her driveway, he's switching around Sirius XM, trying to find the song again. And then he hears that acoustic guitar riff. And in the yeah. p- in the song, there's a piano riff. Oh, so it bugs even more. Yeah. So he did it because twice. It was such an obvious uh, place to put a riff that he's speaking about. But I suppose the argument could be made that it's too on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have delivered on the expectation of the audience. I'm talking more like mistake stuff where it's like, I've heard, you know, a song where like the inherent, you know, riff, whether it be a piano or a guitar or a bass, like the riff itself is one feel. And then the drums come in and the drums are not like, say the riff has like a swing to it kind of. And then the drums come in and they're straight, like two, like a fighting each other in a way, you know, like a circle and a square. <laughs> that just really chafes. gets me. That's like, how can you, how can you do that? As, how can you, for one, let someone record that knowing that it's not the same groove as the, these other rhythm section parts? Like, how stupid do you have to be to, to allow that? <laughs> Okay, but is that a factor? Is that just subjective? Oh, I've heard it a few times. No, I've heard it a few times. And not on like big hit songs, more on like unsuccessful records or like people that think they're producers doing stuff like that. But, you know, it's uh, sometimes you hear and it's like, wow, how could you think that? Like if there's an instrument that's not in the same rhythm as everything else, like it's clearly... A mistake. It's not cool. It doesn't. It's like sticking out like a. So there's no way that's a choice or just (laughs) no. And if if it is, then 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 whoever decided that should not be there anymore. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Just stupid. But I mean, there's happy accidents where stuff sounds wacky and it just works. You know, like uh, my guitar gently weeps. There's like tambourine that comes in towards the end and like the half beat in the middle, almost like someone just picked it up and it's like, yeah, I gotta do this and then stops and then starts again. It's like, it, there's no rhyme or reason how it or why it happens. It's just very random, but awesome. It kind of adds to the the whole song or, you know, like whatever. And that, that's uh, in the, the finished version? Yeah, it's, but it's not a mistake. It's just a tambourine that kind of stops and starts and then stops and starts again but it's vibing though it's a it's cool there are two uh words that i don't know how we survived societally uh until we had these in place one is vibes mm. which is so far reaching and widespread now it is sure. an epidemic and the other is saying a hundred percent instead of yes mm-hmm. like we weren't looking for uh, another way to con- confirm yes works just fine but now of course there are so many derivatives of 100% it's 100% 1000% a million percent yeah. 100% yeah it's the new starting a sentence with the word so like like literally like a contract yes like yeah. I'm signing on the dotted line 100% 
believability. Um, Jeremy Taggart, it it's not uh, exactly breaking news, but in in some ways, because we talk about pop culture so much, it would feel a bit weird. We did talk about Suzanne Somers, uh, yeah, to not talk about Matthew Perry. Yeah, I mean uh, that it's another shocker, right? The mystery surrounding it. How like I don't know, like he drowned in his hot tub by himself. I, that's one thing. I. I think probably nobody should ever do is to have a hot tub when there's nobody around, you know, at the end of the night, especially. Uh, I don't know. It's awful that that uh, like I, I never was a big sh- fan of the show. Really? And, uh, no, I didn't really watch it. But I mean, uh, it was, you know, massive and huge. And remember, I said he was kind of a grouch. grouch. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? He's always seemed kind of mad to, to me, and and uh, but it's just sad. It's very sad. Like uh, it's shocking in that regard of him being just not not here, and that show, like that show, all of a sudden having a a huge hole in it. What in did that, you cross paths with him? I don't think so. Not to Never my know, knowledge. like some Burbank hockey game, or he's at the Junos nah, somewhere, yeah, or like NHL probably, awards or something. I'm sure, I'm sure, probably like been in the same room and not noticed, and and maybe one of those things. Huh. But uh, yeah, I uh, it's a it's a it's a bummer for people who and his family and all that stuff. He also like his his addiction was so severe. Like I think think i remember was he on 55 vicodins a day or something like some outrageous amount that like obviously everyone's digging in the dirt and very curious to know the circumstances under which he died and whether he was sober or not let's just assume he was sober it doesn't really matter but i think you can safely argue that the amount of uh abuse that he did to his body based on his addiction would have to have some lasting physical effects. Sure. I don't think that's outrageous. Yeah. Like I, uh, he suggest. was like the chart, like Charlie Sheen styles, right? Like it yeah. was like always on the cover of the tabloids, him being messed up or some story or some craziness of him back in rehab. And uh, I, I, I kind of uh, had that dark cloud constantly around either from stuff that he was creating and then also just depression itself. Like, uh, that's the worst thing. If you have depression as a person, drugs only like multiply it by a million. And, and, And the older you get, the worse it gets. And that's just it. You know, like you can't mess around with pills and synthetic drugs. And, and if you have some kind of depression and feel, uh, uh, that you know, want to to be by yourself and just kind of think with your own d- dark thoughts. Like that's it's it's almost like the the demise that he you would assume in a sense because like he was such that person and the and the relationship with everyone. Like he, I saw something where he said he was. It made him cry the fact that. Uh, no one else battled addictions like he did mm. in the show, right? Like, he's like, how come no one else had that problem? Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm sure that also 
plagued him in a, in a way. He probably just thought like, well, what the, what the fuck is wrong with me? If, if I can't either be happy or find love or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's just a, it's awful because it's almost like you create a curse for yourself, you know? He broke up with Julia Roberts because he uh, thought she was going to break up with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he wanted to get out ahead of it. It's awful. It's too bad, man. It is too he feels bad. So, you know, you feel sorry for people like that, but you see it in their whole life, like a cycle that just won't change. And apparently he was a lot happier in this last little while since his book came out and sobriety was, he, he was able to be sober, apparently, right? Like his... I think it's like his pickleball coach or set said said it was just, yeah, he just started happy. playing pickleball. Yeah, like you know, it's like uh, that's the sad part. It, it's like when you see people that live these larger than life, fast lane kind of lives that that uh, they they don't have the long like Mickey Mantle comes to mind. He was like an alcoholic his whole life until five years. His last five years, he was sober and got a new liver even right like and uh but died after five years of you know that last little bit saint john lennon same thing john lennon same thing where his addictions were so strong and constant that it wasn't until he the last few years where he actually achieved a state of sobriety and here he started really kind of enjoying life and that's just tragic to see i didn't know uh, that people die in the yeah I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. I like, I obviously knew, uh, they, uh, were avid and enthusiastic drug users. I didn't know that he had addiction problems per se. Oh man. Apparently he had like a, he would call it a, like a palette of drugs, like an artist palette. <laughs> he just constantly would, you know, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of this, just constantly a little bit of everything. So he's just a, not you know a, a controlled chaos right here's my question can you think of anyone for whom fame at that level was the best thing ever no for nobody <laughs> i don't like think really there's there is nobody right there's nobody yeah, that's, fa- that's like no it was awesome that type yeah, of intrusive fa- fame. fame fame like there's a like a like a, you could say riches, you know, like wealth maybe is different than fame. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I could see someone who has, is very responsible that has nothing and all of a sudden has tons of money like to do things positively, that, that to me, you know, is more acceptable than fame. Like fa- fame is like, you can't go anywhere. And that, that whole thing of like, everybody wants to talk to you all the time and that and you're just getting hounded always like that to me is hell i don't like i would i don't think anybody would how could anyone want that and maybe i think those that's one of those things that you can only want when you don't know what it's like yeah and when as soon as you, you you're there like justin bieber or something like you're like man i i, I wish i could not have this part of it there's no way that they're cool with going outside and there's 50 people there all the time. Like Who you has have managed no privacy. It? Adam Sandler is someone that I think of 
who has managed fame at that sort of level yeah. and kind of made it work for himself. Yeah, but nobody looks at that part of it as like a, unless you're an, in a narcissistic, crazy person, uh, being a uh, something that you like is having p people hounding you for, for, for attention when, when attention is all you get, right? Yeah. Like you're only getting attention and then you're getting attention from from people and situations that you don't want attention from. <laughs> My guess is no one gets there and thinks, okay, all right, I did it. Per perfect. Love That's it. what I meant. Yeah. They're yeah. trying to fill a hole and then they get there and realize the hole isn't filled. No, man, that's horrifying. But like, that's why it's better to be, to be good at something or do something so well or love it so much that that's you that you can blame the vehicle, right? That got you there, right? In that sense, like it's at least it's the whatever got you there. You're connected to that, and that doesn't change. Like the 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 idea of legitimate work ethic. Like people that go and work every day and they do it for their family or they do it for the love of, of creating things. That's uh, something that you can, it'll always ground you probably, right? I'll tell you, one of the uh, accolades that has meant the most to me in the last few years, I'm an Airbnb super host, bud. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. The... Uh, cottage yeah like these play these these uh reviews and someone writing like yeah the colander was a little dated that's enough to knock me on my side for 30 hours really I, you get I those, wish I those comments less kill you? deeply yeah because suddenly your rating goes down oh and then suddenly God. people are like yeah it looks like a nice place but the rating's not great i don't want to go there I know, um, but so someone could say somebody could say that to you and like about acting or something you did, and you would like laugh, right? Don't like, care, yeah. <laughs> but like they're like, "Hey, why don't you change the light bulbs in your bathrooms, bud?" Right? No, I'm like, like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." You know what? I'm going to put in a second lamp so that never happens. I wish it meant less than it did, um, but I guess you, you want people to have a nice experience and you want them to leave a nice review. But what you can't control is, yeah, I went to this place and it rained the whole time. Yeah. Like, well, you don't need to put that in your review, bud. That's not the no. cottage or the cottage owner's fault. Yeah. But Crazy. it's um, the challenge is uh, country garbage rules. Because well, they only Lisa, collect every two weeks and it's alternating weeks. So. Yeah. Lisa's uh, stepmother passed away or late, like last year. And the, so the property that. Lisa's dad built in Costa Rica with Carol, or yeah. her stepmother. Um, like that, that now we're how we have to kind of maintain it. Apparently, some people went in and ransacked it, like literally, like pulled the frames because there was bars in the windows out of the walls just to, to ransack it, and they put oil on the walls to wreck the plaster, and ever, just totally crushed it. So, we how did to, you find out? Well, we just heard that it was ransacked, so we had to get it fixed up again. But uh, that's another, you know, that's a, a a new part of of our, you know, life as well as just trying to figure out this uh, to get that place going. It'd be great to. Was that the plan uh, to Airbnb it? 
Yeah, I get well because that area it's right on on the coast and in, in uh, south of Hako, like a beautiful break of of beach. It's it's on a the property is is amazing. Like you just sit in the backyard and you see monkeys go by on the trees and or I like want to see monkeys a, go by. A hundred and fifty parrots will I just come into into the tree above you and just like <laughs> craziness. So it's such a beautiful spot. So anyway, um, that that uh, hopefully that can become like an Airbnb. Wow, super host situation with her well, sister, stepsister, and brother, and and Clay, her brother. So they're all kind of getting together, making sure that everything's uh, getting fixed properly. Well, if you could get stuff. a rockin' so you get to use it a little bit and rent it out and let it pay for itself, that'd be great. Yeah, no, for sure. I know from our place in uh, Nashville, which is for sale right now. Um, trying to coordinate like tenants and cleaning and contractors from a different country, especially during the pandy, was yeah. like so complicated. And that's the thing about this place is you have to pay for security or else because the security are probably going to be the ones that break into it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. like that vibes. Like, well, no, you got to because it's very minimal. It's cheap. But like... um they're like well why don't you you know you have to pay for security it's almost like a you better pay for security <laughs> that's what it's like right so it's there you're kind of um yeah it's, that's it's, why carol was so amazing is because she was down there and she would had this such a connection with uh getting well she helped everybody she would take people off the streets and teach them english and do so many amazing things uh with local attacks. people that they all loved her and took care of her in that in that sense. So, so but you know when she's not there, she's gone. They just the that whole anybody that probably knew her and know, knew that she lived there, they're looking at it as I guess open season. Man, that's disappointing. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we can reconnect that feeling by them knowing that it's still their family that is maintaining the place, right? Maybe we can do a home and home series, bud, where you guys go to PI yeah. and the Torrenses go to Costa Rica. Yeah, that would be awesome for sure. That's something fun to dream about as the weather gets colder. <laughs> yeah, a home um, and homer. Okay, I have to pick up the girls. Good chatting, bud. Hey, good chatting, bud. Talk to you soon. <laughs>